my name is Zoe Baraka, and I have a question for you. Have you ever said to yourself, I wish I knew this or that when I was growing up? If you have, you are not alone, and you are in the right space. On this podcast, we take a journey down the highways of memories, experiences, stories, and defining moments. Sometimes, to move forward, we must take a look back to help our present. And you know, there's a saying that when we stop learning, we stop growing. And when we stop growing, we start dying. Welcome to telling personal stories. To To my younger self, what's your story? To my younger self. 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 What's your story? To my younger self. What's your story? so good to see you. What an eventful morning we have had, but we are here and we're keeping it going, right? Uh, Somebody just say, we move. So we're moving. (laughs) My name is Zoe Baraka. And of course, the show is To My Younger Self, where we tell stories from the past that will propel us into uh, the future. Um, Do me a favor. When you do come in, can you please, please hit that little button that says share and share with your friends and your family. Uh, Let them know that the greatest show on earth is happening right now. Uh, Share it on YouTube, share it on Facebook, and we are live on LinkedIn right now. Uh, It's our first time going live on LinkedIn, so we're very, very excited about that. Just incredible things happening onto my younger self, and today is Author's corner. Uh, It's a a brunch of To My Younger Self that just honors the skill, talent, and dedication of African authors all across the African continent. And we're just excited today. Our African author or our resident African author is Elizabeth Irene Beatty. Let me tell you, she is, you know, I have respect for anyone that can pen a few pages, but with the amount of work she has under her belt and the detail of writing african writers are 100 elizabeth is there but let me stop gushing and let's just do what we normally do we like to greet each other from different parts of africa uh just kind of being welcome and and showing the world just how communal we are and just how we've always lived amongst each other and uh once we do that i will introduce you to the incredible incredible elizabeth irene Beatty. listen where are you watching us from don't stay silent please 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 uh say something let me hear you Uh, i see doris is here good morning my dear i see professor audrey 
people here. So can you please do me a favor? Say good morning to me in your local dialect. I do want to hear from you. With that being said, I hope you slept well. I just greeted you in the Hausa dialect. Um, one of my favorite languages. I just love Hausa. Uh, somebody once told me that it is the oldest language in the world. So I am very, very privileged to be able to speak uh, a version of it. <laughs> uh, we hope he slept well. I just greeted you in my father tongue, which is the Kosal language from the Upper East region of Ghana. And now to, to you, Wezo, Leke, I hope you're doing well. I just greeted you in Ebe. It is good. It is so good to see you. Please, please go into the comment section and greet me in your local dialect. I want to hear from you. Etisane Akwaba, Umuntu Denya Mawachi. I greeted you in different variations of the Akan language. So to you if you speak, uh, you speak Zulu uh, to our South African friends. We see you, we appreciate you, we acknowledge you. We're very, very grateful that you're always, always putting our numbers like to a hilt uh, during the week. Thank you so much, uh, our South African friends. Ibella to you, Ibiakibari to you. If you speak Moshi or uh, Maori, like they say, it is good to see you. Te Oyo Tang, these are the keepers of Accra. You know, Accra is the capital of Ghana and the Gars, uh, they are the keepers of the Accra land. Uh, I greet you. Thank you so much for joining us. Lale to you. If you speak Chadian Arabic, it is good to see you. Thank you for joining Joining us, Ituma said to you, "How are you?" Also, Chadian Arabic. Salam alaikum to you. If you speak Arabic, Ikaro to you, Ikabo to you, to our Yoruba friends all the way in Nigeria. We are grateful you are here. Nagadev to you, Wolof people. How are you? It is good to see you. Um, I've always said that if you soon don't need a, uh, I don't know, fourth, fifth, tenth wife, just for Wolof, I would probably raise my hand. <laughs> Jumbo, habari gani, habari ya osuboy to you. If you speak Swahili, I just greeted you. Katong to you, amohelang to you. Uh, our people in Botswana, I just greeted you in Sesoto. Sesoto, I love your dance. Uh, the people of Botswana, nyasi to you, aloy domilaki. I just greeted you in Bisa, which is my mother tongue. Also from the part, uh, northern parts of Ghana and of course, going into Burkina Faso. I love the history of Africa, so I'm always trying to give you a little bit of context. Kotoli to you, if you speak Fulani, or if you are Fulani and you speak Fofoli, I've just corrected myself. Akei to you, to our Aiti Sheri friends, I'm just paying homage to you. We know what happened and how you happened to find yourself on that beautiful island of Aiti, and we pay homage to you, all of you. Thank you so much for being a good support to us. Bon dia to you, to our African friends who speak Portuguese. Bonjour to you, to all of our Francophone African friends. Uh, Bonjourno, buenos dias, imaraba, imaraba. It is good, incredibly good to see you. Listen, incredible things are happening on to my younger self. And I wanted to introduce a little bit, but you know what? Let's go. Let's go. Uh, we'll do it later. Uh, let me introduce you to the author of this incredible book. I'm holding it up to the light, Crossing the Stream. I read this book, put in, you know, uh, bathroom breaks and all that in five hours, flat. 
it is so riveting. It is so gripping. It is incredible. Um, let me stop gushing and introduce you to Elizabeth Irene. And I'm going to read it from uh, the book cover just so you know what to expect when you do buy the book. I expect you to buy the book. Okay, and it's on Amazon right now, especially for those of you who are in this part of the world that is America. Um, and it's about to be in, in, in Africa also. And Elizabeth Irene is going to tell us all about that. But Elizabeth Irene Beatty is the director of the medical laboratory. One, Africans are smart. Okay, that's I just let's go home. Let's go home. <laughs> she holds an MSc in clinical biochemistry with molecular biology from the University of Surrey. <laughs> Working in a lab is about running tests and making discoveries, she says. Life is like that. You don't realize who you are until you are tested. Her first children's book, A Saint in Brown Sandals, won the Macmillan Righteous Prize for Africa, and she has been awarded the Code Bird or C-O-D-E Bird Award for African Young Adult Literature four times. I'm looking for a fit and a sick and, you know, just going and going, and she's going to just kind of grab all the awards every year or however many times they, they award it. She has published seven novels to date and lives in vibrant Accra with her husband. There are parents to three largely grown-up children. Her website is, well, you're going to see that in the ticker, so I'm not going to say that yet. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm in a rush. I'm in a hurry. I'm excited. I am filled with just expectation and so much love and admiration for this incredible young woman. Uh, please, please, into my younger self fashion, do me a favor. Welcome the absolutely beautiful, incredible, intelligent, prolific Elizabeth Irene Beatty. Hi. Hello, Zoe. How are Good you? Good morning. I'm very well, Zoe. Oh, Thank you so girl. much for your kind introduction. Girl, I feel like I didn't do it justice. I'm like, maybe I should have asked for more instead oh. of going with this, you know, the book. I don't know. There's so much to you. My goodness. Thank you, Zoe. How do you say this fresh? How do I stay this fresh? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Lots of, lots of hankies <laughs> to dab away the sweat. <laughs> I expected an answer like that. Okay, so today we're here about the book, but I'm also extremely curious about you. Just so curious about you. You're a highly successful businesswoman. You run uh, one of the leading laboratories in Ghana, and I'm, I'm, I'm venturing to guess it's going to stretch to Africa. Um, what are you doing writing novels? That's been my first love right from the start. I mean, before I knew what science was, if anybody asked me what I wanted to be in future, so we would have to be a writer. The only thing I could ever think of being when I was younger to my younger self <laughs> would have been a writer. I simply couldn't imagine any other profession. I found such joy in reading. I was one of those kids who you didn't want to lend your book to. Because I'd read it in class, yes, and the teacher would come and confiscate the book and you wouldn't find it. You wouldn't get it again till the end of term. I was in love with books. And I wanted to be able to create the kind of books that I enjoyed reading as a child. So it was, it was my first passion. It was my first love. Wow. 
So Elizabeth, before we continue, I, I do hear an echo. Um, do you mind putting in your earpiece and maybe that would help with that? Because right. I'm, I'm right. old as an echo um, in, in there. Yes, oh my goodness. Okay, so for those of you who grew up reading uh, the likes of Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys, I, I took off the jacket guys uh, on purpose because I wanted you to see the beautiful loveliness of the book. That's one. Um, and also, I, I kind of, I love the jacket so much, I don't want to mess it up. So I'm going to put it to the side, and then when I need to tell you where to go get it, I will bring it back up again, okay? Um, for those of you who grew up reading, you know, Nancy Drew, Hardy Boys, and all those, you know, kids that uh, uh, kind of do investigative work on their own and stuff like that. They think on their own and this book is for you. So far I've bought the book for my goddaughter, my godson, you know, we're just, I'm just giving it to kids. I'm like, you guys need to become adventurous again. Elizabeth, tell me, how did you come by this idea? Crossing the stream. It's, it's an amalgam of ideas. Mm. You know, as a writer, you have, ideas coming in from different places. And the primary idea for this book came from a story I read about a man who had a truck mm. and he loved this truck so much, depended on it so much, would take this truck to the market. He was a farmer, take his produce to the market, take his kids to school, distributing his wares around the country. He would sleep in this truck. If need be, wow. he would. Yes, the truck was his friend, his shelter, his protector, his everything. And the truck broke down eventually after decades of hard service. And he couldn't bring himself to take it to the scrapyard. So he buried it on his farm. And I thought that was such a poignant story. And on the other side, I had this relationship with my grandmother. My grandmother was, when I was young, she was to me a fire-breathing dragon. I was terrified of her. Fast forward to my fourth, my late 30s, early 40s, and we were the best of friends. I loved her so much. Our relationship had softened, it had sweetened, and I spent so much time with my grandmother, and she spoke so much into me, so much courage and encouragement and, and love and, um, and vision. And I would visit her. She had this old armchair that she'd sit on. And for hours, we would speak on that armchair. And I would hear her history, her fears, her regrets, the things she was happy about, her hopes. And I like it. When my grandmother died, I went to her house and I looked at the empty armchair. And it's hard to describe how I felt. But I thought about this man and his truck. And this is where the story grew from. So this story is about a 12-year-old boy, Atul. Mm -hmm who lives in an environment, it is a loving environment, it's also one that is infused with fear, as often, often happens in our environments. We have lots of traditions and superstitions and, and, and suspicions as well, that often cause or, or make suspicion arise within families. And he's growing up in this family and he has a grandmother. Because I have always thought, I had a sweet relationship with my grandmother when I was in my 30s and my 40s, what would it have been like to have had that relationship with her when I was 12 years old? And that's where the story was birthed from. So those two ideas coming together um, with our hero as a young boy, a 12-year-old boy, a feisty 12-year-old boy. Yeah, I, if I may say so myself, it makes good reading. Oh my God. Let me tell you guys, well, first, I want you to do me a favor. Uh, of course, we don't want you to fall off 
uh, uh, the stream, but we, I, I want you to take a minute uh, and go on Amazon and kind of just type in Crossing the Stream by Elizabeth Irene Beatty um, and order it, order it for yourself, one. Because even though this book is for children between nine and 14, I think it transcends age and honestly time. There's so much history, it is rich, it is so well written. I don't care how old you are, you're gonna be involved in the, you're gonna be invested in the character development of these children as they go about their, their adventures. And you're gonna cheer at some point and you're gonna like stump your feet at some point and jab your pen in the book like I did. And I did a lot of that at some point. So please do that for me. Um, and also as you buy the book and you read it, you want to go back on Amazon and leave a review. Of course, an honest review, but I guarantee you it will be a raving review, stirring right out of your heart. I am so sure of it. So please do me that favor. Uh, that being said, Elizabeth, let's go into the characters. I am in love with Atta's character. He's 12 years old, but oh my God, what a vibrant mind. I couldn't come up with stuff like that if I tried, and I am... 12 times, let's not go there, <laughs> a couple of times. How, what went into creating Atto? And let me set it up for the audience. So there's three kids, there's Atto, Tifa, and Leslie. And of course there's Grandma. And then there's other characters that come into play. I had a very visceral um, um, reaction to a lot of the stories that were going on um, um, in this book. But let's start with the character development of Atto. How did you The characters tend to be easiest for me because I don't think, I heard you say a few minutes ago, you don't know how you could come up with something like that. Actually, you don't even need to because all around, we're surrounded by the most vibrant and most interesting characters. You only need to listen, just listen. A bunch of children having a conversation, just listen. You don't even need to say anything. I remember my sister used to comment to me when my children were younger, she was like, oh, Sometimes when the children are having an argument, you look at them like you're watching an experiment. And I said, because they're so interesting. You know, one person says this and there's another response. So Atu is, yeah, Atu is just your typical 12-year-old boy. I feel that if our children are given voice, we would hear them much more than we actually do. If children were, were, were heard a little bit more. So I allow him, I allow him to be. I allow him to, I allow the reader to see what Atto is imagining. And most children have such vivid imaginations. I mean, you see a child dreaming, looking far away, especially in the classroom when the teacher is talking about something boring, the child's eyes are out of the window. I, you would, there's such a treasure, there's a treasure of activity going on in that child's mind. And I allow Atto to express all of that on the paper. A vibrant boy who, who wishes he were a falcon. He wishes he was a peregrine falcon and able to fly and able to go into a stoop and able to attack his enemies without stretched claws and just about anything that he wanted to be in life. The hero that he wants to be in life is exemplified by this magnificent bird, the falcon. And I think that adds quite a bit of dimension to it because he's a boy who has grown up with some fear and anxiety. He lost his father when he was a baby, he didn't know his father. And he lives with his mother who is consumed with fear and suspicion and anxiety. And in his mind, when he's a peregrine falcon, he just flies above all of that. And is a hero that he really wants to be. And every child out there wants to be a hero. Every child is 
some sort of superhero. We just need to ask them, what kind of superhero are you? Man, and the reason why I love this book is um, that Atto wasn't like, I want to be Superman or The Flash or Thor, you know, because those are normally, uh, or, or Spider-Man. My nephew lives and breathes Spider-Man. He goes around the house, like with his feet on both sides of the wall, thinking he's gonna scale the walls like Spider-Man does. But Atto is different. Atto has a, a, a real African twist to it, because let's face it, even though we have um, Kwekwan Nancy and we know stories about Kwekwan Nancy, the idea of a superhero Spider-Man does not invoke Nancy, you know, um, and Atto is, his, his bid to be a hero is in the space of a bird, a powerful bird. And you also have set it up with Noma in the book. Noma, for those of you who don't speak um, their can dialect, is, you know, birds. You know, there's a bird sanctuary. There is all. How did you come about that? And why? Why were you thinking, I don't want him to think I want to be. What are some African superheroes? For the life of me, I don't know. <laughs> but I want to be this other superhero that almost every child wants to be, you know. Why that? Okay, well, to give you some backdrop, mm -hmm. Atto's father, the father that he lost, was one of the creators, well, not one of the creators, but one of the those who helped to build this beautiful bird island. It's a paradise. It's an eco-paradise. It's everything that an environmentalist would like to see. It's pristine. Mm -hmm. It's clean. It's inhabited with um, flora and fauna of a wide, 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 a vast it's variety. Oh, yeah, an environmentalist. Yeah. Oh, I exactly, love it. exactly, exactly. So Atu is a, a hero of the earth. He's he's one of those who wants to protect the earth and protect the people in it. He has dreams. These are things he would like to do. Mm -hmm. And it's largely birthed by what his father before him had done. So he's aspiring to get to this island, which he gets to in book two. But right now, he's just aspiring to get to this island. And that's, that's desire to be the kind of person that his father had had mentioned that he could be helped him to rise higher, but he, he needs a platform as all children do. He's only a child, he's only 12 years old. So he needs a platform. And this is where we have the other adults and other friends coming into the picture because the, the, the network around you all help you to become your higher self, your best self. And that's what we see in this story. Of course, there are those who try and hold you back, but there are those who will also, you know, just lift their hands and say, Step on this, step on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. And which brings me to the character of Jifa, who is almost like that for Atto. And Jifa reminded me so much of myself and also my little niece, who is three or yeah, three and a half right now, just very full of life and kind of like I know you're adults, but I kind of also I have a little more sense sometimes. And so excuse me and make room for me. And I'm coming through. <laughs> Zoe, you describe her so well. You describe her so well. Yes. I think I think Jifa is probably the kind of girl that I would have liked to have been. I think I was a, a fairly cautious child growing up. She is anything but cautious. She will tell us what it is. She will tell you to your face. She won't tell you behind your back. And we all have that friend, that friend who opens their mouth and you hold your breath. 
you think, oh my goodness, what's going to come out now? And so we have Atu who needs to be careful about the way his mother feels and has to handle those sensitivities. And Jifa, who grows up in a home where when she's naughty, her mom says, darling, have some hibiscus tea and tell me why you did that. But no yeah, smack I opened my mouth and we went, huh? <laughs> With mother in Africa, what the... Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So her mom is not your stereotypical African mama, no. <laughs> she believes her child. Sorry. No, go ahead. I'll say she believes her child has a story to tell. She believes her child has reasons for doing what she does, and she'd like to speak to her. She'd like to hear her child. Wow. Now I I marked out a lot of pages that I wanted to read out loud just to give the you know the uh, the viewers a, a, just a glimpse because of course if I had my way honestly Elizabeth then you wouldn't be here and what I would do is I'll grab the book and come on to my younger self and kind of just read page by page and then let let the audience go ooh oh my god and then we would just have that interaction honestly <laughs> but um you put so much blood, sweat, tears, imagination, talent, and skill that I'm not going to do that. That's why you're here. <laughs> so I'm going to read bits and pieces uh, just to give you know people an idea of what to expect when they buy the book. And like I said, guys, you really don't want to buy this book just one time. After you've bought it, um, you know, for yourself and read it, you would just realize, oh my God, there's this child in my life who needs it, and that child in my life that needs it. Oh, and that young adult in my life, she's 20, but she needs this book, and you're going to keep going. So budget for like 10 of them. I promise you, you will not regret it. I really, really do. Uh, chapter four, I mean, uh, page 45. Uh, let me read from here. <laughs> Actually, let's start from um, no, page 44. Uh, do you know, uh, do they know she has a grave in her garden? He wondered. The sun was burning directly over overhead and Nana's skin glistened with a sheen of dampness. She dabbed her for, uh, forehead with the loose sleeve of her dress. They were on the edge of an open field where a few children played with balls and rode bicycles. Oh, what an image. What an image. Oh my God. The field was nearly the length of a soccer field with clusters of shrubs and patches of both short and tall grass. Through, uh, through it stretched a path which Nana matched across. As she walked, children called out to her. She gave them a friendly wave back. Atta followed her, the tall weeds tickling his calves. Halfway across, she paused and pointed at something ahead of them on the path. It looked like a strip of old, flattened bubble wrap. Snake mold, she said, picking it up. A green water snake, about three feet long. His eyes widened. Can I touch it? She handed it to him. Snakes have got it right, Atta. They leave their old stuff behind and move on to new things. That's something a lot of people can't do. And oh my God, that hit me. I said, well, I wasn't expecting that, that in the children's book. That's like a whole life lesson right there. Um, I don't have a question, honestly. Uh, I just wanted to read that because that's some of the things, one of the things that just jumped up at, at me. Like, that's something a lot of people can't do. We carry our baggages everywhere. We do. And yes, we do. Learn that from his grandma. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. But we, oh. this, 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 this story is, it's a, 
it's an ode to that relationship, mm. that intergenerational connection, the relationship between the old and the young, mm. because we have the young who are hungry to learn and grow and are being faced with fears coming in from all directions. And we have the old who have walked that path before and who knows how to navigate that terrain and who can call back to the younger one and say, do this and do that. And, and if a child has that in their life, then you take giant leaps. And that sort of relationship between a young person and old person, it enriches both. The older person is enriched. Uh, the older person has a chance to do things differently, as is the case with Atu's grandmother, because she had her own regrets. And the younger person has a chance to be able to sift through everything that is coming at him or her and make decisions that they would not normally have been able to make if with wisdom had not been spoken into them. So this is about speaking wisdom and speaking strength speaking encouragement into young people because this is such a valuable relationship. You know, what I love about that is how you set it up. It wasn't like Atu was sitting at the dining table and then grandma was like, let me give you some life wisdom. You know, <laughs> it was in the middle of an activity with grandma. This is an image that would never leave this young boy. And he actually used at the end, for those of you who are going to get the book, actually, I'm really hoping and praying that all of you do get the book. Uh, and when you do get the book, you will realize the significance of that snake skin because Atu used it in the most wonderful way at the end of the book that just gives your heart a rise you're like oh my god how does she think this way how you set it up was so incredible um thank you and, and i'm <laughs> i just thought wow this puts a, a whole different perspective of growing up for me of course a lot of us were just seen and not heard um some of us got lucky i was one of the few lucky ones i had a father who kind of kind of pushed you to explore your yourself like you know what i'm all that you know and sometimes you got a beating yes but not all the time fly <laughs> uh, but most children in africa and ghana for that matter are just supposed to be seen and not heard and here's that too with his grandma it's like their chummies their friends they're in this together and they're swapping wisdom and it's you know his brain flies and comes back home and his grandma also loves birds and she's oh my god i wrote in this book i like that this book makes me think and research because let me tell you i was on google for half of the time going, is that what a falcon does oh is that what a peregrine you know oh what kind of bird is that huh that's interesting i didn't know that <laughs> and some i had to try to play the voice how how it's said you know i'm like oh so it's not kasawari how do you say it okay i want to hear that again it just allows you to go deep you just imagine things uh one of the things i wrote on page 54 and i don't know if you can see it is this right here and what i wrote there was ah this prophet of fire power <laughs> yes yes there's a prophet in there and I wrote, i'm sorry and i wrote a horn has been lifted up against an entire continent I just can't understand it. This prophet was giving me heart palpitations. <laughs> and I was on the floor with that name. 
how did you come about that? Like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I think I think the name says it all. The name says it all, Zoe, yes. And we have a prophet on every corner, every street corner in Accra. And yeah, I'm just saying we have a prophet on every street corner in Accra. And one has to have your eyes wide open. And Atu's community is no different from any other community in Ghana. So let me set it up for you and why Prophet Yakayaka. And Yakayaka is almost like eh, Prophet Banza. Banza is, <laughs> you know, false prophet. <laughs> and this prophet Yakayaka really was a false prophet in the book. And I love his character. I love his development. I love that I'm able to see through him and somehow still believe his lies and the lies he's telling at his mom. Um, and I love that I was able to see myself in that because if you're not careful, you do end up, no matter how educated and intellectual you are, when religion, and I, I wrote my thoughts down here, I said, this is a book about the hurt of religion and superstition that has gripped an entire continent for mm -hmm. hundreds of years. The power we give to prophets, preachers, and teachers as though we couldn't go to the same God ourselves. It's a book about the destructive nature of pastors who do not take time to hear a God who is very close and wants to speak to every single do you see just how the book twisted it's a children's book but it just makes you think so much uh let me read here and uh, this is the part where prophet yakayaka kind of does something very terrible to the birds that the kids are trying to save jifa still jifa still clutching the box dived to defend the nest it's just a, she shrieked, but it was too late. Prophet Yakayaka swept the nest out of Atu's hand and onto the lane. The nest scattered apart on the red dirt. The semi-liquid contents of the smashed eggs spilled into the dust. Jifa dropped the box in dismay. And at this point I wrote, oh no. The little bird flapped off, twittering forlornly. Girl, you right. Man. Oh my God, the prophet of fire. <laughs> the prophet of fire pointed at the remains of the nest. Guys, hold on to your britches, listen to this and see if you actually have heard this before. Host of fire, burn. <laughs> I was on the floor at this point. I said, to, did you hold, like, did you have a straight face when you were reading this? When you were reading this? <laughs> I, sorry, I, I had different sentences that the prophet could have said that it was a struggle to decide what he was actually going to say because there was so much to choose from but this is a situation we find ourselves in where the the most innocent the most innocent occurrence or event is blown up into something else and is magnified in people's minds by people who would like to manipulate you so that you become dependent on them for every step that you take. And we, we have it, we live with it. And we have children who are growing up in an environment like this, where if we don't have adults around them who can help them see what the true situation is, they can just as easily become lured into, you know, becoming blind followers of people who have desires that are that is quite base, actually. 
And uh, I said on Francis, I really know that you would be one of the people that would get a lot of this book uh, for the kids in your class. I honestly wish that we were able to figure that out. And so we're going to work it together with Elizabeth and uh, hopefully our big brother, Nanawe Damwa, when the book does hit the Ghanaian market. I believe you and your kids and the library that you uh, you have uh, in your cluster of schools is going to benefit greatly. It would just foster a lot of great conversations. So uh, just hold on a little longer said Don Francis you're going to get several copies of the book we're going to try to figure it out but let me read on because I want to set this up uh, a little bit so she <laughs> host of fire you know burn the secret agents host of fire burn the enemy host of fire <laughs> incinerate this <laughs> at this point I was thinking <laughs> go ahead <laughs> Yeah, so we, because you have people who will see a wall gecko in the corner of their ceiling and think that wall gecko was sent by somebody or something. And that's because I of what know. we hear. Yes, that's because of what we hear all the time. But who sent you to some innocent little cockroach or spider scurrying it somewhere? Which, you know, to translate the blood of Jesus, you know, I don't know why we used to say yes, yes, the blood of Jesus on your face. I don't understand, but the literal translation is a little funny. Um, it, it, it really doesn't take much to set us off. It doesn't take much. And there are people who know that and will pray on that. And, you know, as I was reading this, it transported me to a, a season of my life. I was younger, actually, and I don't even know how I got in that environment. But there used to be a big prayer service that used to go on at Circle. And I forget the guy's name now. It's a big auditorium. It was one of those phenomena. It just erupted and people would go there and be praying. And apparently, you know, evil spirits were being cast out. And I remember one of those prayer meetings. People came with their machetes and their cutlasses and their. <laughs> so I just burst out laughing. And not to say whoever, and again, I forget who that prophet was at that time at Circle. For those of you who grew up mostly in, in Ghana, you would probably remember this particular uh, prayer phenomenon or movement that was happening at the time. It must have been early 90s, I don't remember, or maybe mid 90s. But anyway, um, and people would be walking around in this auditorium going, <laughs> and to translate with their machetes, they were going, you know, Satan, I cut you down. I, you know, and even as at that time, I knew it was a serious moment, but I couldn't help opening my eyes and going, what are people doing? And so I would end up laughing. And here's the, the, the bondage I'm talking about. I walked away thinking, you are such a terrible person. You're cursed because you cannot even be in a prayer meeting without judging and laughing at people uh, you know so anyway <laughs> that was just something i thought i would throw in there uh let's move on because i have a point that i wanted us to kind of make here um so he says it's not an enemy it's just a bird why did you do that it hasn't done anything and now you killed her babies she failed. Oh, I love Tifa. I just love her. Philomena watched the drama with undistinguished relish. 
muttering triumphantly about people turning into birds to spy on others. Until the prophet turned a stern face to him. His finger was in direct line with Atta's forehead. I've heard about your drawings, scenes of blood and death. Beware, spirits are taking over you. He drew out the after spirits as if the, so spirits are taking over you as if uh, there were 10 of them and you returned to Jifa. the spirit of her angry my eyes spawned like coals i took could tell she was too furious to sleep disrespect and defiance i recognize them i have cast them out of uh, out from many children Prophet Yakayaka turned to Leslie, who was twisting his fingers in agitation. His gaze softened. You're a fine boy, obedient. Your mother is doing well with you. I will be in. <laughs> this was the part that my heart just went like, Ugh. Your mother is doing well with you. I will be interviewed in three days this Thursday by the nation's biggest TV station. Wear tidy clothes and come and stand by my side. You'll be interviewed too. How dare you, this prophet? <laughs> well, Leslie was in seventh heaven. <laughs> At that point, which brings me, I was trying to set it up so we could talk about the character of Leslie a little bit. And how about you tell us about Leslie so that people would, you know. Mm-hmm. No, well, Le- Leslie is every, everything that Jifa is not, the direct opposite. And having Atu sandwiched between two friends with such contrasting characters gave me a chance to highlight the sort of person Atu was. Because on one hand, he's being pulled by Leslie, who is um, super cautious. Let's be careful. Let's not do this. Mommy's going to be angry. And then you have Jifa, who is like, let's just go, 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 go. Let's do this. And let's do it now. Mm-hmm. And Atu, is, it, 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 it creates a bit of conflict for my main character. And that's the space that he has to navigate whether to listen to Leslie or whether to listen to Jifa is often a, a dilemma that he faces, but eventually he has to find his own voice and do what he feels is right. Wow. And I told, I mean, Leslie really, he was pissing me off the whole time up until the end. Hey, we can't tell this. You are a child. You're over there going, a hand sanitizer. He, the negativity was just like, oh my God. But I say this to, as a testament to you. And, you know, I'm just tipping my hat off to you because you write such incredibly well-rounded characters that I, 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 so do you go around just watching kids and then picking out little bits and pieces or do you sit out and how do you come about developing these characters? Oh. It's I, I, I actually watch kids a lot. That's something I miss with my kids having grown up. I find that I'm not spending as much time with young children as I used to, but children are fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I can I can mine my own childhood for the friends I knew and the, the, the people I knew as children, mm-hmm. plus those that I grew up with. There's so much to be mined from who people are. It's, it's actually not difficult at all to create characters because you have a thousand people around you with so many different contrasting characters. It's quite easy to put them together and build the kind of character that you want. But you have Leslie being a typical mama's boy and you do have that child, that only child who is super protected by mama and who will always make sure that they want to um, put mama's happiness first and will therefore suppress their own voice in order to make sure that 
mama is happy. And that's Leslie. Wow. There are so many things. I mean, we're 42 minutes in and there's just so many. Listen, I marked all the way to page 204. Um, and I have so many in between, but now I find I may have to skip a little bit. And I'm kind of sad about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm really, really, really upset about that. Um, let me just jump to maybe 104, which means I've skipped maybe three or four places that I wanted to talk about, uh, which kind of tells you you're just going to have so many talking points, like so many things to discuss, especially if you read it with a child. Okay. Here's a part that I wrote, I literally wrote on here, and I, I really want you guys to see this. And I don't know if you can see it. I wrote, I am so angry. The emotions were so visceral. They were, let me set this particular for you. This is at the part where um, they're trying to say that Ato is possessed and so he needs deliverance. And it gave me a memory that I thought I had locked away or dealt with. So again, just be ready because you're just going to keep going down memory lane with this book. You're just going to keep going, whoa, that happened to me, whoa, or that happened to that cousin of mine or that friend of mine or that sister of mine. You cannot miss it. So anyway, these kids are going through their adventures. Jifa, you know, admittedly going along with it. Um, uh, Leslie kind of being pushed to come along like he doesn't want to but he also is experiencing FOMO a little bit and so he kind of just comes along and they get into trouble so I'm going to pick up from page 113 <laughs> raise your arms little thieves what do you want here what have you stolen uh, to winced as the prophet frisked their cowering frames and dealt into their pockets. I'll have you arrested for breaking it. Yakad Bamos, prophet. <laughs> anyway, stop ranting, Baraka. For bur uh, uh, burglary, what have you taken? N nothing, Atu quivered. I'm calling your mothers. Sit here. They huddled together in silence on the floor of the corridor. Fifteen minutes later, Atta's mother flew in. She was followed immediately by Jifa's mother, who was wearing ripped denim shorts and a tank top that stopped just above her belly button. Jifa's mother took her in her arms. Darling, are you all right? Oh, I want a mother like her. <laughs> Your child is an uncontrolled rogue. The prophet said coldly. No negative words in front of my child, please. I was really imagining it like that. I was reading it and like <laughs> rolling my eyes. His <laughs> mother chitted. You'll damage her self-esteem. This is simply a childish escapade. Come, Jifa, let's take a, a, a walk back home and you can tell me why you're here. With a final sympathetic glance at Jifa, Jifa scuttled off after her mother. No such luck for him. I just stood with his head hanging and his hands clasped behind his back while his mother plucked her dismay. She agreed with the prophet. He had indeed warned her. The prophet spoke darkly about breaking and entering spirits of mischief and disobedience and havoc and an strange spirit that was leading her to indiscipline and channels of undesirable spiritual activity. Spiritual activity, 
There was only one thing to be done for her. They both had to be deliberate. At that point, Elizabeth Irene, if Prophet Yaka Yaka was by me, I would strangle him and Acho's mother, for that matter, for being so weak. <laughs> I came close to doing that to them as well. <laughs> yes, you're writing it and you're feeling it because this is what actually happens. So as I'm scribbling and when I write a section like this, Zoe, I'm literally shaking because of the, the, the emotion that I feel when I'm writing it down because this is the sort of thing that actually happens. And this is a, a young child stuck in the middle of this sort of situation. And without the intervention of a, a wiser, stronger person, then you have a child who is set up for a, a, a life of anxiety and, and perhaps nightmares and, and trauma as a result of things like this. That is, that is incredible. And, and you know, it, it, it jarred a memory, and I'm going to share it, uh, you know, just very blandly a little bit. But I had to go through that because my mother... And a prophet, and uh, I think my one of my sisters is here. She may remember uh, behind our church there was a um, behind our house there was a church uh, called um, either Fire Miracle or Miracle something. There was definitely miracle in in the name of it. <laughs> Zoe. And I see you can relate. <laughs> I can relate so much, and you know they would wake up at dawn and you would hear prayers, and that's well and good. I'm a praying person. I, I love God. Everyone who knows me knows that. But, you know, I was probably 13 or 14. So that's why I can relate so much. Um, and <laughs> one of the prophets, they had so many pastors in this place. Miracle. Oh, God. I wish my other sister was here. She would remember because uh, she was older a little bit then, too. Um, and they one of the pastors would come, even at that young age, I could see him leering at me with grown up eyes, you know? And I don't know why my mom thought that was okay. This is one of the things that I never got to talk to my mom about. And this platform is one of those that kind of just provides catharsis for storytelling. So I don't mind sharing this, but, and I dealt with it on Saturday, so it's okay now. Um, but, and, you know, I was in boarding school and I had little crushes on, my classmates or little yeah. boys from other classes and stuff like that and i remember um i remember just talking to my mom and saying oh i have a crush on jerry chumberma or something like he's i think he's a cute guy or something like that and i don't know how the conversation got from there to the prophet letting my mom think that i were i i, I was married to a spirit i had a spirit oh my goodness <laughs> and 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 that uh what what was it that i had a, a familial spirit and that's where i learned that word from do you know my mom had me and they arranged for a deliverance um mm, mm, wake up early in the morning, maybe a couple of weeks later. Um, and I had to walk alone by myself. <laughs> yeah. I had to walk, it was like 4 a.m. in the morning, walk alone mm -hmm. in like, like they say in Ghana, lungu lungu places mm -hmm. to go and knock on this prophet. One of the, he was supposedly one of the responsible ones because he had a wife. And they took me to a park to deliver me from the spirit of a spiritual husband. Um, 
I, I don't know that it, it, it hit me that hard at that time. I, mm. I didn't feel mm. anything. He did all his things trying to push me so I could fall. And I kept saying, oh. I feel nothing. But okay, you know. Um, and I came back home and my mom said, how did it go? And I said, well, he prayed and I'm here. And, and I think I found, I connected some dots on Saturday. Mm, mm. by saying that uh, this is probably why I never really tried to attach too much to my own mother because I, for some reason, I felt everything I told her was going to be filtered through a particular lens mm. that made me mm. not seem too intelligent in my own. But I, I say the story to say how relatable the book is. Mm, mm, it, was mm, mm, mm. it was jarring. I, it just came yes. out of nowhere. Whoa. I've been mm -hmm. there before, and I remember how angry I was, and how mm -hmm. for years I walked around thinking, "Oh my God, I'm married to a spiritual person. I don't know." Yes, that's traumatizing. It's so traumatic. Traumatizing. It's just yes, and and you're so young. As an older person, you'd probably be able to walk away or perhaps go take it through some thought processes that would make you come to terms with but as a child it is and a lot of children go through this i remember when i was in achimusa school we had um scripture union meetings and there was one particular meeting there was a this lady who was um uh taking us through some prayers and uh, she wanted everybody to speak in tongues and uh i wasn't speaking in tongues i was praying but i wasn't speaking in tongues and it was just me and a couple of others who were not speaking in tongues and next thing i know this lady is like oh well there's obviously somebody here who's got seven demons within them so we have to cut out those demons and so we need us to say that was the last time i went to the meeting <laughs> lucky, lucky. But, but, yeah, but this is the sort of thing that goes on especially with our young people and if you don't have firm grown-ups around you you're going to be so manipulated and traumatized yeah. by people like this, which is not to say they aren't some, they aren't good, of course they are great prophets out there, but there are also lots of wolves in sheepskin. Yes, and you know, I, I don't want to, 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 to my mother's credit, at some point something happened and she, she just like Jifa's mom, she had an aha moment. Um, and, and that was the end of that particular um, friendship or relationship with those people. Uh, but so moving forward, all, I think what I'm trying to say is that this book, is so much deeper than you imagine, than you think. It's not like, oh, who stole the pen? Oh, you know, like Nancy Drew, let's go and look for who stole the pen. Oh, the pen was here. Oh my God, it must have moved here. Oh, the last person who wrote with the pen was here and then do investigative things like that. This book is so much, it's thick, it's layered with so many topics that we could go on for hours and not exhaust it. Um, if I had my way, we would come back and just do a character analysis on every single one of the characters in here. Um, but you know, it's it's all good. We're just introducing the book to you. So, but anyway, moving on. The kids move, go on and on, and um, to does finally find himself in a deliverance setting. <laughs> and Prophet Yaka Yaka is in his element. Now, what I I. I and I was trying to find the part because I wrote on there and I think I had showed it to you, Elizabeth, uh, Irene, on the day uh, of our dry run, how I wrote, you know, yay, good for, you know, yay, go grandma. Because 
had to go through a deliverance session or is about to go through a deliverance session, please guys, there we go, page 127. <laughs> this for me was like when the blow man gets, how, how did we used to call a, a, a villain? In the, the killer, the blow man and the killer. The blow man lands the last punch on the killer, boom, and the killer is staggering, oh, oh, and then they kind of fall off and, you know, they're dead, you know, like <laughs> something like that. But <clears throat> let me read this here. The prophet closed his hand around Atu's forehead or forehead. His grip was firm. Atu squeezed his eyes shut and clenched his teeth. This boy is tortured by multiple spirits. They have him in chains. They drag him where no child should go to do what no children should not uh, to do what children should not do. The crowd murmured uh, their disapproval at the spirit's activity. The spirit, there was an audible drop in the prophet's voice. The spirit makes him scream and mad. He fell silent. His grip on Atta's forehead slackened. What? Had the spirit come out already? That part I just lay on the floor like, oh, poor Atta. He was not ready for what was coming. Atta <laughs> opened his eyes a crack. The prophet was looking over his head at something in the aisle behind Atta. Atta turned his head slowly, terrified of what he would see. Oh, here comes my favorite part of all. And I stood halfway up the aisle, framed against the open doorway. You! And I like how you had it in capitals. Like, if you dare. Yeah? If you dare. Take your hand off my grandson at once. She commanded. She commanded. Oh, my God. I shot up in bed and I was cheering. I said here, hooray, hooray, three cheers for Nana, yay. And I was like jumping. <laughs> this, this is a grandmother who has another shot, another shot at helping to bring up a young boy. She has lost her own son and she has just one grandson mm -hmm. and she's got this shot to do everything that she would have liked to have done all over again. And she was not going to miss her chance man and what she she just and i love that you know she came in her car and like just was like nope you're going home with me today okay get in the car and i'm gonna have words with your mother and i don't even care about this prophet yaka yaka person he's not he doesn't exist for her like dirt okay he doesn't exist and she it was such a dramatic moment for me and guys, you're going to have so much fun with it. I promise you, you're going to have kids, you're going to have them to write essays. And the stories are just so, so tangible, tangible. The other thing I wanted us to talk about was the character of Yusuf and how you came about that character. Uh, obviously, I don't want to give all the characters away. You know, there's just so many of them. Um, and there's a particular part that I really don't want to reveal. I, I want you to get the book and then you're going to say, whoa, Zoe and Irene didn't tell me that this was another part of the story with Prophet Yaka Yaka. I'm so mad at them, but you would have gotten the book, so you'll be fine. But yes, um, about Yusuf. Yeah. So you, Yusuf, as you mentioned earlier on, there, there are lots of layers in this story. So we have the intergenerational relationships. We have the 
um, a child trying to overcome his fears and a grandmother trying to infuse that courage into the child. We have the environmental themes and then we also have the socioeconomic themes as well. So we have a situation where crossing the stream is literally crossing from one side of the socioeconomic divide to the other side, although it translates, it translates to crossing from the side of courage to the side of fear as well. So we have Yusuf being a boy who grew up right in the Zongo. Right in the Zongo, in direct con contrast to the sort of environment that Atu's father had grown up in, in a very bougie environment. And Atu's father making friends with a boy from this other side and his mother, who is not the grandmother of today, not being pleased at all. And we, we find out how the things that we quote unquote despise have so much more value than we realize. And we often come to appreciate that later on. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, she does come to appreciate that. And she's in a position to help her grandson also cross the streams in his life. So it's crossing certain metaphorical streams. Yusuf helps to, has, has to illustrate that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, on page 135, I'm going to read another one that just brought tears to my eyes. Um, <laughs> wow. I had so many vivid memories because I lived in Nima with my uncle before uh, when I was younger, going to boarding school and coming home. And so these things were just so, so powerful to me. I remembered everything that was happening. It's just so alive. Uh, the Nima Mamubi Bridge and all those places. It was just so, but I'm going to pick up here. Suddenly she stopped in front of the doorway. It led into a sheltered space with tables covered in green oil cloth and chairs arranged around them. People sat eating with their fingers from large bowls. Ah, oh, I miss chop bars. <laughs> People sat eating with their fingers from large bowls. The aroma of wache and fried plantain hit his nostrils and reminded him he hadn't had lunch. A lanky man with a trim black beard and a curved nose stepped out from through an open archway at the far end. His eyes lit up in unmasked joy when they met Nanas and he spread out his arms. Mama! Oh, you know, he exclaimed, giving her a bear hug, Aquaba, um, for our non-speaking, uh, you know, for our non-speaking uh, audiences. Um, Aquaba means welcome, like welcome. He stepped back and looked at Atu with eager, welcoming eyes. Anna smiled and nodded. The man clapped his hands on Atu's shoulders and looked down at him with warm, chocolate eyes. You are my brother's son. You look just like your father too. He hugged him, stepped back and playfully punched his shoulder. I have longed to see you. My name is Yusuf. Oh my God, at that point, I had tears. I just, I had all the waterworks. I was like, oh. <laughs> no, you're making me cry. <laughs> I know, I just cried because it was like a, such a warm, fuzzy, just, but the reason why I read this is guys, Elizabeth Irene set up the suspense so much. You literally want to know who is on the other side of the stream? Who is this person? I want to meet him. And when you finally meet him, it is also worth it. 
it's so worth it. And the stories that, you know, um, uh, Yusuf tells, you know, uh, to, again, bringing, bringing us back to the power of storytelling. Because Nana mm-hmm. started telling her to some things, but she didn't say everything. Everything. And, yes. and then Yusuf comes in and fills in all the blanks. And out of these two powerful characters, Atu finds courage to do the most incredible thing a 12-year-old can do. And could I, do. Yes, I couldn't have pulled off what Atu pulled off. And I'm not going to tell you what Atu pulled off. You have to get the book to get it. Okay, it's so incredible what he did. It really is. But I want to read this part also here. Your daddy, this is on page 137. Your daddy, no, no, let's start here. Let's go up a little bit. Welcome back, Ma. The waiter smiled to Nana. Thank you, Francis. Nana smiled back. She poured herself a chilled glass of water. Yusuf took a seat at the round table. He barked out an instruction to another young waiter who scurried up with two glasses of this frothy brown drink. Oh, man, that I just had, oh. Fuller, Yusuf explained to her, from millet, sugar, spice. Mm, my mouth was watering. I was like, oh, I miss Fuller. <laughs> Atu took a cautious sip from the glass. It was creamy and spicy. He took a bigger mouthful. I like Fuller. <laughs> Your daddy, my baby, he liked it a lot. Atu was reaching for his drink. His hand froze. Baby. The bustle in the restaurant around him faded as light flooded his mind. Girl, you can write. It was that moment of... Oh, that's my dad. <laughs> and then he said, so Nana, what you told me was, was about your father, my son. Click, click, connect. <laughs> and I gasped. And that hurried woman, your neighbor, that was you, Nana. That was me, indeed, actually. Yes, that was me. Just then, a larger woman, you know, and then the story continues. But it speaks of humanity and how yeah. we change. I cried and cried and cried. And I was like, how did she come about these words and characters um, and, and all of that? At this point, I probably have this conversation by myself, Elizabeth because you're probably <laughs> looking at me like, Where's the question, Zoe? So tell me about your fascination with birds and how you came about Noma. Well, birds was just one aspect of natural life that I am in love with. I'm in love with nature. I am in love with the whole idea that we have so many young people these days who are extremely concerned for and have love for the environment and are willing to do things, willing to sacrifice for the environment. There is so much going on, as we're all aware, the whole global warming issue. So there, there, there are lots of tones of that in the story. Mm-hmm. Birds just were just my selection of one aspect of nature that we could focus on when we were talking about the, 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 the earth that, mm-hmm. that we live on and the air that we inhabit. Wow. And you know, I, now, I, I, I feel that birds. Sorry. Sorry. I just feel that with, with Atul, it was easy to bring the peregrine falcon in particular into the story because birds, they, they rise above circumstances. Yeah. 
And that's what Atu was going to do. Atu was going to fly, Atu was going to soar, but we needed somebody to help him discover the wings that he had. So then having the, the imagery of birds on an island and then just selecting one particular one for our hero to focus on and dream of becoming a particularly fast and intelligent bird that aims for a target and that gets its target. It was, it was a joy for me to be able to connect that to who our main character was and let him be that bird as he was striving to go to an island where birds were protect, protected. Let me tell you, Elizabeth Irene um, just so accurately describes how Atu is literally visualizing himself being a falcon. And you, you it's so potent in, in the book. And when you're reading it, you literally are able to, especially if you're a filmmaker, you're able to do an edit in your own brain. Uh, there were parts of this book where I literally said, I would do a montage here. And I would cut from the car and just see a falcon in the sky, like releasing his talons and honing in on, 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 on its prey because she actually describes it. And how Atu is able to disconnect from reality and go into bird mode and come back into reality and know that this is a metaphor and I'm going to do something incredible. You know, it it's, oh my goodness. I really wish I could kind of tell you what happened at the end of the book um, and some of the characters. You're going to meet Choco. And there is a, a, a scene oh, there oh, that just broke my heart. Choco the dog. It really, really killed me. Uh, you're going to meet Papa Kojo and his sons. You're going to meet the journalist, Maximilian. Oh, he cracked me up because... When oh, we yes, man. <laughs> And I, Max, like, I love Max. Yes, when I was at GBC, I knew a particular journalist who dressed just like Max. His professor. <laughs> I knew about, you know, there are some cameramen who were just like Max's cameraman. Do you see how diverse this book is? And I'm just telling you some of the characters just so you know that this is not just a children's book, to be honest. I think adults can buy this book and have a whole book discussion on it. Okay, so for those of you who belong to um, um, book groups and, and book discussion, uh, I know someone says, no spoilers, please. <laughs> I really want to spoil, I really do, but I'm gonna be good and not spoil it. But you're gonna meet these characters. You'll meet uh, you know, the, the journalist and you're gonna meet, um, Agoro, and you're going to figure out if Agoro is a person or not a person. Let's keep it there. Um, you're going to meet some some people. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're going to have so much fun. You're going to have so much fun. Uh, you'll meet, of course, Yusuf and his and his mom. You're going to meet the teacher. Um, Mr. Ping Pong. Yes. You're going to just, there's so many characters in this book that, will just open up the imagination of your own child or the child that's in your life, uh, your niece, nephew, your cousin, somebody. And it's just going to foster a lot of good communication. And I love that Elizabeth Irene as a, um, as a scientist 
is able to merge these two together. Her love for writing and her love for science is so potent and you can feel it in here. Um, there's a part I wanted to read at the end, but I feel like now, I feel like it's actually gonna be giving the story away. And so I'm gonna really try to refrain from, from doing that. But that was one of my favorite, favorite parts. Um, it's like the climax of everything but I'm gonna stop here. I, I think I think I, I won't do that if I do that. <laughs> yeah, just get the book, guys. Uh, so Elizabeth, I know it's in in America now because that's how I got it on Amazon. How mm -hmm. do you, if you're in Europe or or, or you know um, Ghana, any parts of Africa, how do they get the book? Well, currently, Crossing the Stream is going to be published in the UK later on this year by Cassava Publications. So towards the end of the year, it'll be available for the UK audience. It's going to be published in Italy as well um, later on in the year. It will be available in Nigeria, also under Cassava. And in Ghana, it will be published by Education Logistics by the middle of the year. Mm. Mm. You know what? I think that the job of To My Younger Self and the team is done because when Belinda Oseo Wisu says, I just got my copy from Amazon. Can't wait to read it. I'm shouting, hooray, my job is done. <laughs> Elsie's job is done. Sumaya's job is done. Noiki's job is done. Like we have done our job because that's what we want. We want you patronizing African authors. We want you reading African authors and, and cheering them on and letting them know they're doing a great job. But on today's episode especially, we want you cheering Elizabeth Irene on and saying, when is the next book? By buying this book, you know, and, and, and distribute it. So Belinda, thank you. But don't stop. Thank you, Belinda. It. After you read it, buy a couple more and give it to the kids in your life. I do believe you will you you will not be sorry. Uh, Mother producer Elsie, she said what do you where do you get your inspiration for your characters baba from all around from everywhere people are so interesting i i hold fast to the saying that truth is stranger than fiction all around us mm -hmm. there are even even the seemingly mundane people have got something very interesting to offer so i'm constantly jotting down little ideas or little things i've seen people do and say and, and they all come together to help me to build my characters so from everywhere wow yeah <laughs> Okay, oh, thank you, Mamie. <laughs> so Mamie says, yep, this is the next movie in the making. Vivid imagery. Guys, I, I kid you not. <laughs> Mamie's my sister. Oh, girl. And, and, yes, and let me tell you, if you know Mamie, she'll probably make you think about Jifa as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mamie, Mamie, it's fire, a little bit like Jifa. <laughs> so that's that's where Jifa's character comes from. <laughs> Partly. Incredible. I love you already, Mamie. It looks like you and I we're gonna we're gonna vibe together. But she says vivid imagery take uh, take the reader right into the heart of the story. You feel every emotion of the characters, and really you do. Crossing the stream is just one of many amazing books. She's a great sister. Can I adopt you? Yes, yes. <laughs> that being said, my sisters are great too. They're all here, just always helping. But it's just one of many amazing books authored by Elizabeth Irene Beatty. And of course, the website is there. Listen, you will not be sorry. But here's one last part I want to listen. Atu is so calculated and so. <sighs> 
He's aware of his environment, that this part here just literally, it, it, it shattered all my, my questions about, can a child do that? Really? Uh, this is on page 119. Now for Philomena, like he, he had set up how he thought the day was gonna go and he moved things in place to make sure they did happen. And that snake skin played a major part. It did. <laughs> there was, oh, another character you're gonna meet is the neem tree potion that Nana makes. That just yes. blew my mind. Yes. yes, Nana is very much for nature and what nature has to offer. Very much like my grandmother. Oh There's my so God. much that nature here. Oh so much. God. Everything that we need to live a healthy and happy existence is given to us by nature. We just haven't always discovered it yet. Oh, wow. So he says, now for Philomena, it was 4 p.m. He had 60 minutes. He pressed his fist together and shut his eyes. He needed to die to hit his prey fast and hard. He was 5,000 feet up. How could he pull this off without missing his prey, hurting himself horribly, uh, hurting himself horribly, or slamming into the ground and killing himself? Timing and force, he thought to himself. The peregrine falcon folded back its, his wings and tail. He tucked back his feet. The stoop had begun. Had begun. <laughs> was rising I mean, yes yes this kid knows what he's doing come on i i kept going come on come on honestly Leo, thanks to our two i find myself found myself watching videos of falcons and the way falcons attack their prey and the yes and, and i i had to tell myself i'm supposed to be writing not watching all these videos on falcons because i became so absorbed in them myself this is a child who already had a passion and a fascination for falcons and i found that that was beginning to grow on me as well i i had to take out huge chunks because there's so much i wanted to put in there but there's a story to be told as well oh i'm so, I I so upset that you took out the huge chunks the the characterization was and i think for nana right for me it is when i realized whoa nana knows birds she knows them really well and the way she dresses up at his room and the bird yes. right out there so he could actually yes. look up or look to the side and dream. I yes. was like, this woman, I love her. I want her to be my grandma. Yeah. Oh, honestly, grandma, honestly. Know? Yes, that's okay. yeah, she's, she's She's a wonderful woman and there's so many grandmas out there. So this is a salute to all those amazing oh, grandmothers. Yes. I think Sandra is asking what the title of the book is. Sandra, the book is Crossing the Stream. Yes. Crossing I the Stream. Um, yes. So so this is this is just a salute to all the grandmothers out there who know that there are some things that are worth spending time on and there are other things that you need to just throw away mm -hmm. and who have learned what is important and what is not. Because I feel sometimes for younger people bringing up children, there there's the there, there are some things you get wrong, of course, because you're human, but having the maturity and the wisdom that comes with time then gives you a certain um, a certain platform from which you can lovingly bring up a child. And to all the grandparents out there, I just want to say thank you. Including mine, my yeah. grandma is also an amazing woman. And even though we seem to have a language barrier, she's the reason I speak Hausa the way I do. Yes. And I am yes. so grateful, so grateful yes. to her. Yes. Um, yes. And, and now, Mama has a question. 
<laughs> he says, um, question for Baba. When when did she write a character based on Rami? Ooh, I'm curious now. That man has this chief to fill a dozen books. Ay, ay, ay. Oh, Rami? Nana. It was, Rami, it's my husband. <laughs> that oh, would that no. would Nana, that would take two years. I'm waiting for it. I really see now because I've seen <laughs> pictures of him. So now I'm imagining him going, oh, Chiv, I like. Okay, what's he up to? I want to know. I'm so curious now. <laughs> Thank you, Meshach. Thank you so yes. much for joining the yeah. show. And I'm glad that it's not like a typical question and answer. We're just flipping back and forth between characters and uh, just telling a story with the incredible talent uh, of Elizabeth Irene. Uh, Big Elsie says, shout out to Kofi Champa, who was one of the line producers on this show. Ooh, Adrian. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you. Wow. See, Thank you, Adrian. Because a lot of people, um, you know, uh, our producers, they when doing incredible work when they come and say oh hey well, here's another guest they never tell me how they got there you know so this is good to know right i'm so excited about that but adrian thank you and for those of you wondering the book is crossing the stream um the art is so incredible it's so detailed when i first got the book i honestly thought it was a love story right because you see a <laughs> I thought, okay, a man and a woman and a shovel on a couch. Interesting. What are they crossing? What kind of love story is this? Okay, um, that's interesting. But after you read the book and you see the couch and the shovel, it clicks right away. You understand. And something incredible happens with the couch in the book. You have to read it to understand. This woman, she just sets things up so well and when you get the aha moment you, it's almost i didn't eat all of saturday till about 8 p.m by the way wow i started reading like around maybe three something and that was around the time i finished it or something it, it... <laughs> i'm gonna stop you know but guys i want you to get the book um of course well, thank you daniel yeah, she says, Baba, I love the way you express your creative. She does. I, I, I love the way she, so now I'm going to invest in all of her books. I want to read all of her books. And then I want to just kind of send her voice notes. Baba is known for sending voice notes. Incredible voice notes. And she kind of sets it up for you. She tells you little stories about what's happening around her. And then she will tell you what is on her mind. So now I want to read all her books and then kind of have, cute little voice notes with her. I realize that's, that's uh, part of her character, but uh, please, oh, come on, let's not leave him alone. <laughs> now I'm curious, don't do that, Daniel, come on, don't do that. <laughs> but Baba, thank you. what an incredible work. What incredible work. Um, and guys, she has won many, many awards. I think Ghana is sleeping on our talent we are sleeping on our talent this woman should be richer than the person that wrote lord of the rings and the person oh. that wrote i'm not joking i am serious i'm not i'm not um, being um i'm not patronizing elizabeth irene i'm not um the person that wrote uh uh, uh I know Jared Tolkien did a uh, lot of the rings. I'm, I'm thinking of Harry Potter now and those names always, J.K. Rowling, 
no, no, JK somebody. You know who I mean. Um, thank you. And and Tolkien, she should be richer than both of them put together because what Elizabeth Irene has successfully done is mixed religion with um, um, science and, and superstition and mischief and incredible phenomenal characterization. That just blows your mind because all of this is happening on uh, an, on the African continent. You you let's let's get her there. Let's get her there, and let's not stop with Elizabeth Irene. That's one of the things to my younger self is very very passionate about. Let's, let's invest in our own. This woman should be on book tours for weeks and weeks and weeks out of the year just talking to young kids and, and, and talking about characterization and how to open up their minds um and so please please do me a favor go into amazon buy the book in hundreds and thousands listen if you can afford millions do it okay give it to a, a school a cluster of schools give it to a, a just buy them if you're in ghana and you think ghanaians have enough of it buy them and send them off to gambia do something um, and after you're done write a good reading not only in amazon but all the places the books have bought in um, please do that because as we're doing that we're investing in each other if elizabeth irene is successful it means you're successful it means i'm successful and there's enough room of it for all of us so let's let's, let's do that um is there another question elizabeth irene is a superstar and so humble i have a ton of respect for her and craft congrats Baba. she needs success and thank you Okay, and these guys, Elsie is another one. Okay, she writes like a crazy, like I mean, oh my God. So, <laughs> and and so Jane wrote, EJOD says, now I also want some of those voices. <laughs> <laughs> oh, her voice is very soothing. I hope she reads the audio book herself. I hope so too. Uh, and if you need someone to make noise when you're doing the audio book, can you like call me? Because I want to be the <laughs> Doing that. Ooh, oh my god, no! <laughs> actually, it's already an audiobook out, but no, it wasn't narrated by me. Oh no, there is. Where can we find that? It's on Amazon as well. Okay, so would that be yes. on Audible then? Yes, yes, oh. I, well, I'm actually not very sure, but it's on Amazon. Okay, and was it was yes. it read by a, a is it like a, a play setting or it's just by one person and is this person it's, it's, tell it's, us it's, it's, yes it's, he's African he's African mm -hmm. he's African it's, it's on I, I I don't want to get the voice wrong okay. <laughs> oh my voice notes that I had Nanaya mention them as well <laughs> oh, Nanaya bless you because I'm not going to go and get that too because sometimes when I go on very long drives I like to listen to these books so now this will be one of my books because I, I it would give me so much joy to do that so invest in the audiobooks too and when the movie does come out or the series does come out because over here we like to dream and dream big yeah. so yeah. when it does yeah. come out we want you to come out in your numbers and kind of just you know, support, 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 support. And let's put Africa back on the map with our own stories. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> the delivery of, I know, right? Because that's, that's is it is 
I, one of these is maybe I should play one of them. She, she actually goes, hello, Zoe. Um, oh, wow. Uh, wait, I'm, I'm, let me move this car here. And then she would come back to the voice. Oh, I, I'm so sorry. I kind of actually missed this. Oh, wow. I don't know how I missed it. And then she would tell you a thing. Oh, I'm actually at this meeting and, you know, there's a music playing and stuff like that anyway back to what we were talking about and i'm like oh my god it's a, it's a, it's a storyteller in me i can't keep it brief <laughs> i know it, it feels like that and i don't know where it's coming from producer we're gonna have to figure that out when we're done uh, but i think it's fixed now so um yeah let's see and yes the voice oh, no, no, yeah. The, just so so soothing and guys maybe uh, saying she's giving us uh, uh you know the, the website and we also have it in our tickets right here so please go and get the book just get the book just do it and uh now i have to read uh you know my cue cards so elizabeth is gonna be like oh my god why is she taking so long but i do apologize part of the job we have to do it guys so what we normally do on here is we say that as african storytellers there's enough room at the top for all of us we're not just here to tell stories we're here to sell africa also and the way we do that is to tell you to patronize africans all around the world okay and uh, with that being said since today's author's corner when you're looking for a book especially if you're in africa uh, in ghana nigeria wherever you are even in the united states um unless the book is not out yet in africa and you have to get it on places like amazon we want you to go to by and Kofi okay uh incredible guys doing incredible book distribution and they just get it right every single time so please patronize book move um, and then Kunda kids, uh, they, they're writing uh, books for younger uh, children, you know, between, I believe, three and nine or ten, uh, publishing real historical figures and facts about Africa and, you know, taking children back to the history of Africa. You're going to love them. So please look Kunda kids up. Um, also, we want you to patronize Where Ghana. We want you to patronize um, Humanity Chat by Margie Marge, uh, Core Designs by Ruby, um, Music for Your Quality feed by our, our very, very own resident uncle, Uncle Le Golfie Show. He just brings the fun every Sunday. Every Sunday he brings the fun. He brings people all around the world of African descent and just people people just scattered across the world. And all we do is listen to good music, talk to each other virtually, and dance and boogie and dance and boogie. And uh, as we're doing that, we are also helping orphanages and where, wherever there's help needed, we, we just help you know, with our dancing and a little bit of money from our pockets. So please be, uh, just look out for Music for Your on Sundays. Uh, M. Sims by Mabel Simpson, Rile by Design out of Nyack, New York. Avonzige Bridal, who was here two weeks ago, and you guys saw all of her incredibleness. So um, listen, Elizabeth Irene, when you, you're named, I don't know what the big book uh, award is these days, you know, Nobel Prize for African Literature or something, we're calling it, right? Uh, I think Abonzige would be the one designing your your, your, your dresses. <laughs> um, keys and Amen. There we go. Keys and Credo by Nana Sapon, Horseman Shoes, um, Caveman Watches. Africans are doing incredible things. And we want you to put your money where your heart is, even if you don't live on the African continent yet. 
again, there is enough room at the top for all of us. Uh, Kelm beads, I, 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 I'm wearing some of her beads right now and it's just such a beautiful feel of it. So guys, please, please, please put your money where your heart is, okay? Um, what else? Last night, to my younger self, did an incredible thing. We announced our roving storytelling curator in the person of Noeki, the girl with the red hair herself. Now, what Noeki does is she takes groups on tours. So people who just want to see Ghana or parts of Africa, she would organize it and she does this incredible tour. And on her journey, she meets some of the best people on the continent on her journeys. And what Noeki is going to do with for us is curate these stories come on the show at least once a month and kind of just show us so she's not here to tell the stories she's just gonna record the stories curate them and play it for us and we discuss it isn't that great it is such an incredible collaboration and i'm excited about that and she's gonna be here next week with her very first curated story guys we definitely absolutely not want to joining the team Mikey, you're very, very welcome. Thank you for saying yes, and thank you for being such a team player. I was so excited to have you. Welcome, welcome to the best team in the world, Team TMYS, just growing strong every day. And producer, is my job done? I believe it is. <laughs> so now back to you, uh, Elizabeth Irene. I'm gonna have you just kind of give us the last thing. Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm being reminded. I forgot to say thank you to our monthly donors. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's not good. These guys help us wear these cool t-shirts, you know, uh, all kinds of things they help us with. Uh, every month, your donations come in, comes in. We're very, very grateful for that. Um, Sarah McFarlane, thank you so much. Um, Auntie Rose Machayo, thank you. Jane Fiorito, thank you. Auntie thank you. Auntie Araba, thank you. You guys are just so on point. Mr. EKD, oh my God. And to everyone who donated to Sir John Francis and his effort to take his class on an excursion to Accra, we want to say thank you. Funds have been delivered, dates have been set, and these children are excited to go on an excursion. Indeed, we might ask Elizabeth Irene to probably make time to hang out with these kids and talk to them. She might have a inside of them. I would love that. Yeah, so maybe we, we get to set that up. Yes, uh, and producer says, Noeki, the girl with the red hair, welcome to Team TMYS. Thank you for saying yes. Let's do this. Yes, fire and love, like we say. Um, <laughs> Zoe's job is done. But Elizabeth Irene, back to you. What is the last thing you would like to you know, kind of tell your audience, your readers, your loved ones, your voice note expectant? <laughs> Well, I would like, first of all, to thank everyone for showing up and listening in and to contributing. I appreciate that very much. I want to thank all my readers and everybody who encourages me on this writing journey from my family, um, husband, children, extended family, my dad, my dad, you know. Um, and yes, all my loved ones and friends, I just want to say a very, very big thank you. And for all of us who have and the privilege of having young people somewhere in our spaces. I just like us to say it. It's so important what we pass down to them, whether it's your child, nephew, niece, um, a friend's child, a child that a young person that you're mentoring. There's so much that we can weave into them, so much strength and so much encouragement and so much hope. And young people need hope more than anything else. So 
as much as possible. Let's not um, underestimate mm. the influence mm. that we have and the ability we have to help them up and to give them a shoulder to grow from. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say hallelujah. You know, <laughs> she just she preached a whole sermon. And uh, with that being said, guys, my name is Zoe Baraka, and I've been in the studio with Elizabeth Irene Beatty discussing the book Crossing the Stream. Incredible book. Again, you will find it on Amazon uh, if you are in uh, in this part of the world, and it's coming to you in Africa very very soon and parts of Europe. So please hang tight. Uh, matter of fact, just ask us to buy it and ship it to you. Okay, get the book, get it quick. Is what I'm saying. Okay, it has been such an incredible time with you, Elizabeth Irene. So honored that you're here, and we're signing off um, with our signature tune. Walkway jacket, meaning we have come from far, and this is how far we've come, and we're still going. To my younger self, signing off. Much love, peace, and happiness to you. We'll see you next week. Bye.